TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio, Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City, your Sunday night with Speed City. It's John Massengale. I'm sitting in the studio in Austin, Texas, with the IndyCar race still going on one of my screens. And I am joined over Zoom by Jonathan Green and Les Kaiser. How's it going, boys? Pretty good. Yeah, going good. Good day of racing. Like I said, still going on. Uh, MotoGP was a great day for them. Yeah, MotoGP was cool. Lots of stuff going on there. And IndyCar with 12 laps to go. I have one eyeball on that and one on you guys. Erickson in the lead. Herta back up to second, followed by Dixon, Hinchcliffe, Hunter Ray, Ray Hall. Uh, Where did... Grosjean down into 14th. I was watching him earlier, see where he ended up. But uh, but yeah, man, that's an exciting race. It's been it's uh it's now more green laps than caution laps, guys. I think that happened a few laps ago. You keeping an eye on it? Yeah, absolutely. And what's uh, interesting is I was there yesterday uh, doing Trans Am on this very track. We got to uh, kind of sample it before they did, and we had a I wouldn't say a completely free run, but we had a really clean race, and our boys put on a show. We were kind of smirking a little bit to ourselves that uh, these guys couldn't make it around the corners like our boys could. So, um, and, and it's not like our boys are slow with their big muscle cars of, you know, 550 brake horsepower. So, but, um, right. you know, horses for courses. But, uh, yeah, it was a little little amusing. Great track. Great uh, event. Um, and the, the fans have certainly come out in Nashville. Yeah. Um, it's a party town like Austin. And, um, yeah, I think it's going to be with us for a long time. That was my next question. I mean, you think the town embraced it and you think this is something that's going to keep going, huh? Yeah, no question about it. I mean, they've got a five-year contract with Indy. Uh, Scott Borchetta is even uh, the, the the guy from Big Machine uh, who races in Trans Am, I may add, which is <laughs> partly why we we were on the uh, uh, we were on the on the ticket, as it were. Um, but Scott Borchetta of Big Machine and his brother Mark Borchetta, who does the sponsorship, um, they they negotiated a five year deal. And next weekend's race at Indy is also sponsored by Big Machine. So they've been heavily involved in Indy for quite some time, and you may not have known that. Um, so. This is not new for them to be doing this, but they put on music events. That's what they're in. Big Machine Record Company is a huge music company. Uh, And so they're used to putting on events in Nashville. So this was just adding, if you like. I wouldn't say it was easy, but for them, it was a walk in the park to to work out how to make it a great, great event and a great music and uh, food and motor racing festival. So hats off to them. All right. Well, Well, let me... um... Well, let's, let me jump in here, Les, real quick, and then I'll go to you. I just want to tell everybody what we're going to talk about tonight. Obviously, IndyCar, because it's going on as we speak. We're going to talk MotoGP, like Les alluded to, and we're going to talk Formula One, including one of the topics tonight was actually suggested by a listener, Rich Walker, and it's a great topic. I've been thinking about it anyway, and that is what's going on with COVID and what how that could possibly affect the events here in Austin at Circuit of the Americas, because we've got sure. at least one Formula One race, October 24th, and very possibly another one, not COVID, you know, depending on what happens. And then, of course, we've got MotoGP the first weekend of October. And so we don't know what's going to happen exactly, but we're going to go through some of those scenarios. So we've got all that, plus some more stories from Formula One. But Les, what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say, you know, Jonathan, you missed out on meeting one of the Speed City celebrities at the race. I, I got your message as I was on the plane. I was like, ah, damn. 
<laughs> Corvette Mike was there, and uh, I've been we, I've we, been hassling him about my Corvette, and then I get a chance, and and I've left left town. Oh, that's yeah, funny. he said he left it. Yeah, he left it by like turn two with the keys in it. So <laughs> oh no, it. don't tell me that. Yeah. <laughs> It's done. He delivered. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Didn't see you there. So wait, well, Mike, if you're listening, I'll be. I'll, we'll, we'll we'll bump into each other some sunny day. <laughs> so did Mike deliver the pace cars? Were my question. Good question. Yeah, he could. Well, I wouldn't be surprised. That's funny. Uh, yeah, we got to give him a hard time because they've been complaining about how slowly the pace cars going and and <laughs> affecting the you know the pit stops and all the cycles and everything. That's interesting. Yeah, that that pit exit is uh, really interesting, and so is the pit lane. If you see the L L shape to it, I mean, I like it; it works. But there's it's definitely controversial because you know pit exit is is at corner one. You literally you know kind of blend in as they come through the S's. So. It's, uh, I don't know. I don't know if, whether they'll rethink that, but uh, it's certainly a challenge and it certainly led to some controversy, as you saw with uh, Colton Herter. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I've got, I'm sitting there one eye on it. What are we, how many laps do we have left? Uh, we got eight laps to go. Erickson's uh, first still hurt a second. So, and how bizarre is this? Erickson was like, he was up in the air headed towards the stadium at one point as he went over the top of board A. I know. And he's leading the race. That's crazy. I forgot about that. Yeah. He took board yeah. A out and then kept going, just got a new nose cone. What was that, Les? Pretty weird. Yeah, they were uh, – and part of what was going on is uh, there are a lot of big bumps on this course, and uh, they're more drastic than they expected, to be honest. And so they've already talked about getting those uh, situated so that – uh, they'll be better next year, basically. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 I, I actually interviewed Scott Borchetta myself um, yesterday. Sorry, uh, Saturday, um, Friday. <laughs> and he was very um, level-headed about it. He said, look, we got a five-year contract. We'll take, I've told my whole staff, take notes, take notes. We're not going to get everything right, but we're going to listen to the feedback and we're going to get it better and better each and every year. He said, I want this to be the next Long Beach. So note that down from our guest from two weeks ago. He wants this to be the next Long Beach, and there's no reason why it couldn't be. The, uh, they really had a great team. Scott was smart, and, uh, and actually all of the uh, city circuit uh, promoters of IndyCar came together, and they offered him the best ideas and their lessons learned and everything. And so uh, I know Scott definitely digested that with his team, uh, but there's still some unique aspects no matter when you go, you go to a new location. But uh, apparently they really helped to uh, make this a, a great event. Yeah, and in terms of safety, they've got a, a Swiss company involved um, that have been responsible for making Spa, uh, Red Bull Ring, um, Monza. You know, they've they they've used the latest concrete barriers, a twelve foot high fence. They had divers in the in the water, which is a bit dramatic. But hey, um, you know, it 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 definitely works. Well, I'm glad you were there, Jonathan, because I, I'm sitting there looking at it, going, "Gosh darn it, well, I, I should have made plans to try to go to this." Because at one point I had talked about it, and I just couldn't make it fit my schedule. But man, it looks like I, the, the just a perfect venue. It looks awesome, really. Yeah, and on Friday I went and sat in the stands um, for our first practice of Trans Am, and 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 it was packed on Friday um, around the paddock and in the stands. There was music playing. There was great food. And when the Trans Am guys came out for the first time, because Indy weren't even running on Friday. Um, so they had one practice, I think, at the end of the day. But so uh, the smiles on the faces uh, of seeing this in their hometown and, and the pleasure of actually being involved in Indy, um, you know, they came from far and wide. And when you think about where Nashville is, it's not that far from Indianapolis. It's not that far from anywhere in Kentucky. It's not that far from North Carolina. You know what I mean? It, it, it's kind of equidistant to a lot of race fans. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, it, it really is a great location, very much like Austin. And I think, you know, using taking the cue from Austin, they realize that a music city can, can attract a family of folk, um, not just hardcore race fans. So, you know, Nashville's a great place to go anyway. Um, there's wineries out there, there's the mountains, you know what I mean? It's, there's, some, there's something for everything, very similar to Austin and the Hill Country. Yeah, that's what I was thinking earlier, that it is. Is this Herda? It's out? Oh, my word, he is. Herda is out. Oh, yeah. no, Colton Herda is out. <laughs> uh, that's amazing, oh, though, because no. he's led the whole oh, way. Man. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> I didn't see what and happened. That's at turn 11. He, I tell you, the, see, the, see the 7-Eleven there? In the background, there's an Exxon station yep. there. That's the run into turn 10, which is the toughest corner. There's a big bump going in there. McLaughlin had a crash there earlier, and he's literally bounced across the curbs oh. and, and gone into the wall there. Yeah. So, yeah, I was standing right there just yesterday. Yeah, he looks fine, obviously. But, uh, but yeah. Dang. Yeah, he's obviously fast just all weekend. Had a great weekend up to now. <laughs> yep. Look who's in second place. Contact. Yeah. And so we hey. got uh, Erickson Dixon and Hinchcliffe with uh, Brian Hunter Ray up next. Is this Erickson's? Could this be Erickson's first win? Has he won a race? I don't know. That's a great question. Let's check it out. Let me Let's, see if uh, I can sort that out for us. All right. Let, Les, you're on that one. But Colton Herter is out of the Indy Grand Prix of Music City. Yep. Uh, that's music to Dixon's ears, I would have thought. He's yeah. in second place, Hinchcliffe third. Third. It's a good race for Hinchcliffe. Uh, he's had a rotten year, so has Ryan Hunter Ray. And they're third and fourth at the moment. Ray Hall uh, also getting some good points if he stays there in fifth place. But Ericsson, what a result that will be for a guy who crashed out. Early I know. In the race. Yeah, in Amazing. fact, did you see the comments when Erickson hit Bourdais? Bourdais was interviewed yeah. afterwards, and he said... I don't want to be a douche, he yeah, said. <laughs> he said, I don't want to be a douche. He said, Erickson needs to go back and take a long look at what happened look, because that was not... That had nothing to do with I, me. You know, it's interesting. Uh, th that is one of the controversial things about this event, and it came across uh, our bows as well in Trans Am. The start of the race... Um, is over the over the back of the end of the bridge, right? And you, going into turn nine, because that's the widest uh, part of the circuit and also the fastest tight corner on the circuit. So it's about a 90 mile an hour uh, turn in to the left. So the idea being that you could get four wide uh, of a two by two start and still make everybody single file through there or possibly even two by two through there. So there's room, but as you'll see, uh, as we're watching the replay now, if you lock up there and hit a, hit a, you know, hit a bump, um, you can do exactly what uh, Colton Herder did. Uh, but we did not restart. We did our restarts at the same place as the start. And we had no problems with that. We didn't have any issues where their restarting is at the uh, last turn, turn 11, going past the stadium. And that's where you go into that funnel S um, first turn. And I still, and that's where also pit exit is. So I think they'd have to rethink that for next year. Yeah. They just showed the crash for Herda and he just he understeered into the corner. He just went too yeah. hot into the well, corner. We just heard it on good authority. Les did it, did it, did it give us the news. There we go. So uh, I did, I was thinking Marcus had one and short memory here. He won in June. I know of this year, in Texas. Nope. And so uh, his was at the, uh, let's see. I know. I can't believe Amelia we. Amelia Isle, I believe. I remember this. It was yeah. in June. I forgot about that. I can't believe Belle that. Isle, you mean. Belle Isle. Belle Isle. Thank Detroit, you. yeah. All right, Amelia guys. So let's get our break in. Let's get our break in real quick. And when we come back, we'll continue our IndyCar discussion, talk a little MotoGP and Formula One. Listen to Speed City live from Austin, Texas. Back after a quick break. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The Step Back 3, you bet! Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. As a rider, you know what you like. 
power, feel the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers, the best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Winding Road Racing is your first and best choice for all the essentials for a great weekend at the track. We're racers, and we love helping racers. With a full selection of racing gear in stock, get geared up with all the safety equipment needed to meet all the latest Snell FIA and SFI regulations. Outfit your car with a comprehensive lineup of racing necessities, and when you need to find a few more tents, turn to data acquisition systems from AIM Sports, V-Box, and others. Austin-based with shops in California, Georgia, and Kentucky. The source for all your racing needs. Winding Road Racing. WindingRoadRacing.com. Talk 1370, the right choice. Hi, this is Mario Andretti, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to the show. We've got a uh, red flag in IndyCar, so let's squeeze in some of the stories that we wanted to talk about today before we go back to IndyCar. Uh, Les, you wanted to talk about Valentino Rossi retiring. Oh, man, how about that? Valentino Rossi announced this week he is retiring after his nine championships, 115 victories, 235 podiums, and 414 starts. He's won the championship in a 250 class, 125, and GP. Total <laughs> of 89 wins came in MotoGP. Can you just, yeah, I mean, that's, that's why he's the greatest. Nine I, I world championships, dude. <laughs> that rivals his career. Yeah, and I, 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 the likes of which we will never see again. That's my opinion, but I really do feel that way, and those stats uh, prove it. Uh, and, and 41 uh, for a MotoGP rider. That's the other thing that really stands out to me. Having been involved in motorcycle racing for so long now, um, you know, the chances are you're going to get hurt. Um, and Ross, you know, at some point, I mean, Marcus has proved that as so as so many of them. Uh, Kevin Schwantz could tell you what it's like to uh, to get hurt uh, riding these motorcycles. And Rossi's been incredibly lucky, but also incredibly skillful. He had one broken leg um for, for for an incident but he has been so good for so long that i don't think anybody can achieve what he has achieved in and the time he's achieved it in 26 almost 30 years uh of sharp end racing but wait that's not all <laughs> he's going car racing again oh yeah no details on exactly what but we know he's around formula e we know he is uh raced the gt3 series uh 12 hours in Bahrain in a Ferrari, World Rallycross Championship. He's actually tested with Ferrari F1 cars a couple of times playing around back in the uh, earlier 2000s. Yep. And so uh, stay tuned. He's yeah, and he's won rallies. He's, he, he's won the Italian um, rally in, um, uh, in Monza before now. Uh, and he's done quite a lot of rallying. I've got a feeling that he might, that might be his go-to. Um, but frankly, as you say, he could pretty much, uh, including potentially Indy or, or um, you know, something like Formula E, do that. I don't think he'd go back to Formula One. He's too old for that. Um, but, um, you know, I, he, he's not going anywhere. I think he'll take some time off. Um, he's, you know, to be at that level, that fitness for so long, um, you know, he needs a break. Um, but he's a phenomenon. I feel very privileged to have been part of his career and around him. I've met him. Uh, talked to him, spent some time, and 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 it really is. Uh, like I said, I don't think we'll we'll see a guy as great as him. He is the goat. Um, you know, he he's right up there with Jordan, um, you know, and Brady uh, and a few others we could mention. But uh, in motorcycle racing, yes, there are. You know, I, I think um, um, Agostini had fifteen world titles, but they were in different classes, and and likewise, Rossi's got his in different um, uh, uh, classes, classes yeah. too, but. Uh, incredible. Well, he says he wants to race another 20 years. And so, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I hope to be here watching him for 20 years. You know, hey, you know what? Come on, Jonathan, give him a ticket. Come over for Trans Am. <laughs> you know what? I, he could, he could, he could be a real factor. I'll, I'll, I'll reach out to him. 
We know how to get hold of him. We'll call Colin. Hey, oh, so hey, bring Colin in on this. Those yeah. two guys. Oh, they could wreak have it on have it on that Greg. But there's a bigger story, Les, and you've alluded to this in our in our pre-show sort of uh, you know um, script, which is that he's forming his own team with Ducati. Exactly. Coming back with Ducati, Ducati is running strong. If you look at the standings right now, MotoGP, I'm going to cheat a little bit. Johan Zarco is second place. Francisco uh, Bagnaia is in fourth. And Jack Miller, our favorite Aussie, is in fifth. And so you've got a lot of uh, a lot of Ducati power up front. Ducati is on it right now. And uh, I think that's going to be a great combination to see those two on it. Hey, John, I got a trivia question for the years. <laughs> who are the who who are the only four wheel and two wheel drivers or riders to have started a Grand Prix on their own? <laughs> that is a good question. Uh, let's give out the phone number, see if anybody knows the answer. Five one. All right. Okay. Five one two six four three five four eight three. It's a rider and it's a driver. Hey, let me touch on a couple of social media mentions. Uh, Andy P said something that I was literally thinking in my head. He goes, "Did you guys ever think the show starts this race and this race still going on?" I actually did occur to me, but it's very distracting to try to do the the show with this race because I want to <laughs> see what happens. We got three laps to go. And, Erickson, uh, Dixon, Hinchcliffe. Sure. Yeah. But uh, Paul Bryan says, he said, I, I had such high hopes for this new site. Paul is notorious for glass half empty, I swear. He says, I had such high hopes for this new site, and it appears to be storybook. But And then the green flag fell. This is heartbreaking for Herta and the team, I'm sure, but I can't see this track form again next year without adjustments. Well, that's what's what they've been saying all along, is that yeah. they know that year one, they're going to have to see how things work out and make adjustments. So... Paul is just being practical. Come on. Yeah, I'll I tell, I, I tell you what the, I was thinking, too, and this is something that I'm sure the guys in Miami are watching very closely. Uh, it, like Miami, is built around a, a football stadium. And just to give you an idea, the media center for the Indy cars. And, in fact, I was in the Titans TV studio doing my commentary. Oh, that's cool. So they've used, yeah, they've used the stadium to good effect, both for the organizers and the TV companies but also uh, for the fans, because the fans, there's a lot of fans in the hospitality suites of the infrastructure the suites. Yeah. Yeah. So they've used well, the stadium well. Hey, you know what? Uh, I bet Miami Gardens is going to check this out. That's what, uh, that's what I, yeah. I don't yeah. think. I don't think there is another stadium being utilized anywhere around the racing circuit such as this. And so, uh, hey, there may be something to learn. That's a really yeah. good point, Les. Formula One, the Miami GP is going to watch this very closely and see how that worked out. That's a good idea. Good point of me. Are we back? Two laps to go. We're back green. Erickson still looks like Erickson's going to take this, guys, barring some. Oh, no, Scott Dixon, come on. How much push to pass do they have? That's a good question. Uh, we'll find Dixon, out in a minute. Dixon had mo a lot more, actually, a few minutes ago. Well, but Dixon, That's his key. Dixon's good at that. Yeah. He's seven tenths of a second behind. Okay, here it is: eighty-six seconds to sixty seconds with Erickson. I don't know if that's a yeah. big enough delta to to mm, do it, but yeah. maybe, maybe. Off. I don't know. He, that's twenty-six. I don't know. He might be able to do it. Oh, he's gonna have one go. I think <laughs> uh, maybe. This but, is not okay. Uh, who who would have ever guessed that the winner would have survived seven pit stops? Oh God! Wow. How how many? Uh, laps under caution it was at 30 half you know it's at 60 laps it was at 30 it's got to be close to that split down the middle final yeah, lap here we, we go. go final lap <laughs> so this is the section that you've got to get good drive out of here over this bridge and you get up to about 180 miles an hour uh for an indy car over here and then the next position to overtake is at the bottom of this hill turn four into here and that's dixon's best hope but that's gone uh, next section is what we've been calling the Baku section through here. Oh, uh, yeah. It's one line, one line completely. Look, you can see. 
But then getting the drive here to your right-hander onto the bridge is the key for Dixon here. He's got to tuck himself in. He's not close enough. No way. Yeah, not, in fact, no. I think Ericsson's using his push to pass. So that was his hope, is to get over the end of the bridge and try to make an overtake into nine, which is coming up the left-hander in a moment, which is where Colton Herter went off. You're coming into this corner here. Uh, but uh, Dixon's nowhere near close enough. That's it. Ericsson's won it. Yeah. It's done. That's awesome. Yeah. So yep. where does that where's that going to put Erickson in the points right now? Let's look at that. But to, like you say, Belle Isle. He's and got two wins. So two yeah. street races he's won. Let's see if we can check yeah. that out because that is. You know, it's funny. Now I look back. Is. He was, he was great at Macau too. There you go. Marcus Erickson, friend of the show. Yeah, yeah. he's been on several times. So Yeah, he was good at Macau. I think he Hinch. was on the podium at Macau. Hinchcliffe third. Yeah, that's really good. And that's great for Dixon's uh, hopes too. For the championship, because it's going to be a tight championship again. If he's going to hey. be, uh, if he's going to be the goat and get the seventh title, uh, that's going to help a lot. There you go, Ryan Hunter Ray for fourth and fifth. The new Ducati dealership owner, Graham Rahal. Yeah, just opened his Ducati. Oh, did he really? I didn't week. know that. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. We're going to have to get him on to talk uh, talk some Ducati. I stopped by Ducati yeah, Austin yesterday. Com- yeah, I was listening to the me? commentators. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, that's a, a great result for all of them. Obviously, Ericsson, but Dixon for his championship hopes. But for Hinchcliffe and Hunter Ray, uh, given that we're now getting down to the silly season, Rojan's in the picture, uh, to move. Harvey's already moving uh, from Maya Shank, which is a bit of a shame, but um, he's being looked at. Uh, it looks as though he's going to be moving on um, to uh, Graham Rahal's team. So uh, there's a lot of movement uh, in Indy, and that's not going to that's not gonna hurt any of the top five after that result. Okay, so let's yeah, look let's at the look, standings. Let's look at a couple of a, uh, friends of the show. Felix Rosenquist in eighth. Elio in ninth. Newgarden, 10. Santino, 11. I said it without using my fingers. Connor <laughs> Daly in 12. Pato, 13. And Will, 14. And Jack Harvey, of course, 15. Grosjean, 16th. No, wait. Where was Grosjean? Yep. Yes. Okay. Grosjean, 16. Alexander Rossi, 17. And then uh, we kind of fade away. Oh, but that's yeah. weird. Grosjean is also currently 16th in the sand- standings where he finished today. That's weird. I was just checking out the standings. Um, so Erickson was in fifth coming into today with 280. Pelot had, was in first at 384. So what do you what, what do you get for a win in Indy? I don't remember. That's embarrassing. 25? No, I do not remember the scoring. We've spent so much time on Formula One, guys, this year. We are... Our Indy car is weak. Well, there is a connection, though, between Formula One and Indy car that you could tell us about, John. Uh, which one are you talking about? McLaren. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. I want to save that for after the break because, yeah, that's a good okay. story. That's We got about 30 seconds. I want to go to break. But how many points? Google's going to tell me. For an Indy car win. Because <laughs> I want to see where this puts Ericsson and see... Uh, let's see. Well, uh, going into this, it was below Padua, Warden, Dixon. So there's no question Dixon's the one to gain out of this. He may move, he may move to second place now. Yeah. And Ericsson was uh, just behind uh, Newgarten. I say just behind. He was on 280. Uh, Newgarten was on 315. So he's in fifth place is Ericsson. So that's going to help the second half of his season, though, end. Good year. Yeah, so 50 points. That's what I thought. I was thinking it was 50, yeah. but I didn't... All right, well, guys, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk more about the IndyCar and some Formula One stories and more. You're listening to Speed City in Austin. Back after a quick break. I am an official Texas license plate from MyPlates.com, and I'm here to say it's time to get personal, people. Tell the world who you are with a personalized plate from MyPlates.com, like me. I'm talking favorite color, favorite team, favorite charity, and, of course, favorite state, Texas. Add your own message, and then the magic really happens. I'm the official Texas license plate from MyPlates.com, and I want to be your license plate. Go to MyPlates.com and order me today. Now that's what I'm talking about. 
When you're looking for traditional Tex-Mex, look no further than an Austin favorite, one in a million. Serving original family recipes since 1980 and located just minutes from downtown at 2300 East Cesar Chavez, one in a million has your Tex-Mex fix every day of the week from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Breakfast is served all day. Homemade migas, enchiladas, and menudo. And try the Don Juan taco. Some say it's big enough to feed a family of four. One in a million. Online at oneinamillion.com. Talk 13.7, the right choice. Hi, this is Bob Varsha, commentator for sports cars, Barrett-Jackson, collector car auctions, and more. You're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. We need to get Bob Varsha to update his little uh, bumper there because he now does Formula One commentary again with us on uh, national okay. radio. Go to our website, speedcitybroadcast.com, to find out how to listen to that every Formula One weekend, pre and post race. We are watching Marcus Erickson celebrate the win at the inaugural Music City Grand Prix in IndyCar. That's very cool. Les, you said something during the break. Uh, first of all, I want to say something. You talk about um, uh, Valentino Rossi. You can get tickets to watch him and his final season here in Austin at the MotoGP October 3rd. So go go get those tickets. You can probably get them at Coda's website, thecircuit.com. But I want to talk about you said something during the break where all your buddies and friends have been asking you about a second race here at Coda, and we've talked about it a bunch on our Formula One shows. But uh, it it is still... Barring COVID, which we're going to talk about here in a second, it is still very likely or very possible. I don't know if that likely, but it's, it looks like it's very uh, it's a strong possibility that it could still happen. And in fact, so much so that Coda was tweeting about it this week. They were just kind of teasing about it, saying, hey, you know, we're, would you be interested? That kind of thing. Sign up here if you are. So I'm just saying that it, it we don't know. Nobody knows at this point, at least I don't think so. But that it is possible though. What do you boys think about that? I think it's great. I think it's a very good possibility for one. To me, it's kind of a make or break for them to come all the way over here where to know there's concerns in Brazil and Mexico over the spread and uh, the surge that's happening there. And so, uh, you know, if you keep Austin and nothing scares them away, why not? Let's do two from an operational standpoint. You don't have that, build up and tear down that you have to for each of the venues. And so really they could just leave it open for an extra week, have all this infrastructure there. Still want them to, uh, you know, Bobby Epstein, when he joined us said, you know, we want to do something that makes it different than USGP. I suggested a shorter course and let's run it Saturday night in the dark. (laughs) And turn on the sprinklers too. Um, Well, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but I, you know, I, I think we need to wake up and smell the roses. I think this COVID thing and we're going to talk about it in a minute but uh let's do it now we're not out of the woods we're not out of the woods and yes mexico is potentially in doubt brazil is potentially in doubt and there's no reason why america could not well follow suit simply because you know it's not gone uh, and it's a fact and uh you know we've just seen 110,000 people i was amongst that crowd yesterday uh, wearing my mask but you know um it, it, it really is touch and go and i don't think we're out of the woods how is my, the- is my Sorry, how was the airport? How was the travel? I mean, ever? I mean, I know you Not have enjoyable. to. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm just saying, I know that you in certain places throughout the travel, you have to wear your mask. I mean, was ever? I don't know. I guess it's just, yes. Every, yes, everybody, everybody com, uh, is uh, compliant. Compliant with that rule, and because it's a federal law. Yeah, that's right. That's um, right. and you know, I do think that. Um, well, 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 we'll get. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what I think. But uh, yeah, it's not fun to travel. That's for sure. And I think the travel companies and the airlines, uh, given what's going on on a lot of them, there's a lot of violence now and a lot of um, unrest, mainly because of the masks rule. Um, and I think that uh, United have stated already this week that they are going to um, certainly, with their staff, uh, demand vaccination um, or you cannot fly. And I think that could actually become part of flying. Mm. Well, well I... we should know. Uh, we had heard that we may have a, a real decision or an answer within about the next week. So uh, we'll keep you posted. An answer of whether or not Coda is going to have a second race. Yeah, correct. So, well, but but let's bring up 
our producer put something on the screen, and I want you guys to look at the seven-day moving average of COVID. And this is here in Austin, so it's absolutely relevant to the Formula One race. And so this spike is the biggest, bigger spike than we saw all last summer and is the second or now approaching the, the spike we even had in January, which was, what, 96. We're at 79 hospitalization, and this is the, uh, the seven-day moving average of new hospitalizations. So 94 was the high in January. If, I mean, if we hit that again, I really don't know what's going to happen. I mean, we've got the governor, Texas Abbott, is not willing to, you know, he's been pretty hard-nosed about, about um, not uh, having masks mandates in, in certain places. But, of course, private businesses can do what they want. There's now, what was it, Jazz Fest was canceled today. Yeah, today. in New Orleans, yeah. that was canceled. ACL here in Austin, we've got ACL Fest in between MotoGP and Formula One. We're going to watch closely to see what they say. But now they're saying at some of the concerts, and they're going to be holding be to beholden to the artists, but they are now requiring, in, in the last concert they talked about, is proof of vaccination and or a proof of a test, a negative test, three days before the event. So that's a very likely thing, I would think, that could happen. And, uh, um, you were saying that music festival this weekend was put that protocol in, in place, right? That's right. I'm trying to find that story again. I bookmarked it here. Let's see. Because Lollapalooza, that. Yeah, Lollapalooza. Lala that was one. In Chicago, yeah. Yeah, that was one, what, a couple weeks ago. They required a, a vaccination card or a negative test. But there's also some uh, some ACL events that happened. And, you know, I'm watching ACL because it's going to be one of the biggest events in the country. And what they do is gonna, everybody's going to be watching, including Bobby Epstein and gang at CODA and FOM. And, I mean, what I fear is if it gets so bad, do they just, you know, they don't even come here. I, I don't, you know, I think that's, that, that gets the obviously worst case scenario, but. It well, here's here's a stat that I read this morning when I was on the on the you know, on the plane. Um, COVID's hotspots worldwide are Florida, Louisiana, and Botswana. Those are the highest proliferations of this new Delta variant. Oh man. Mm. Yeah, one of the things that uh, they're especially going to be watching is Austin Austin State Limits Music Festival is a two weekend event. And the first weekend is actually uh, takes place at the same time as the MotoGP event here in Austin. I helped one of the teams find a hotel. Uh, we, we found a new hotel that uh, was not yet really on the market. And uh, we got them booked with 60 rooms in a hotel. So it's impacting even the teams that want to come here, uh, the events that are coming here, because of the Austin City Limits uh it's going to be a busy, busy weekend. Speaking of hotels, if you're looking for one for Formula One, I have a friend who has a house called me today and said that they are going to have that house ready for Formula One. So if you are interested. Yep. And I know a couple of apartments right near me that are also willing to do the same. Yeah, y'all just reach hey out. Enough, I'll move out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, don't laugh. A lot of people have done that for Formula One in the past. So. Yeah. I got a big backyard. I'll go get some tents. Y'all be fine out back. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just reach out to us on social media and we'll, uh, if you're interested and we'll talk about that, but Hey, um, I, I saw that. I mean, this, this is, we don't know what's going to happen. So just stay tuned and we'll keep, uh, keep you informed and all that. And, um, and let you know what happens there. But, uh, I saw that Rolling Stones drummer, Charlie Watts is going to miss the Austin stop over some medical issues. Apparently he's going to be fine, but he's going to miss the stop. So, Another little Austin story I want to talk about there. But Keith Richards is still good. He's been, oh, yeah. I think he's doing, uh, what is it, um, uh, formaldehyde uh, injections to continue. <laughs> yeah, he's pres- done that for years. Preservation. Hey, don't, don't make fun of my mate. <laughs> he's been with me a long time. <laughs> Oh, that's uh, funny. You even you even sounded a little intoxicated. That was absolutely yeah. spot on. Well, isn't that what isn't that what Mick Jagger always sounds like? He yeah. always sounds like he's sort of brilliant. You know, even when he <laughs> yeah, even when he's sober, he's sort of. Uh, uh, what do you mean? Hey, along these same that. lines, I want to talk about the F one income because, as we know, yeah. last year it was a disaster because of COVID and with no yeah. spectators, but. I've got some good stats here. This was a story by Adam Cooper in autosport.com and amongst other places, but 
but um, they should, they brought out all the stats, right? So um, this year in the uh, April to June, last last year they had twenty four million dollars of income. Ooh, that's scary. This year it's remounted to five hundred and one, but the relevance is of course comparing that back to nineteen, which was six twenty. So we're down, but back at least to within spitting distance of twenty nineteen, and. In 2020, during that period, uh, Formula One lost $122 million, but this year that was reduced to $36 million loss. So, and interesting is that the F1 teams last year had no income in the second quarter. And uh, this year they shared $308 million bucks between them. It's still less than the 335 in 2019, but, but close. And that's really encouraging to see that, I mean, who knows what's going to happen the rest of the season, but at least we've had a good first start to the season from an income standpoint. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, and it goes back to the COVID thing, which is what motor racing has done very well is to create bubbles. Um, and, you know, we've just finished the Olympics and they have gone off without a super spreader event. Yes, there were several athletes who tested positive, uh, And I mean, a, a couple of hundred, in fact, uh, but nowhere near what's going on in Tokyo itself. Um, and so it can be done. Um, but I do believe they did it correctly, which is without fans, again, being the Debbie Downer. Um, you know, um, I, I think, you know, the sensible people will put events and continue events, but do it as Formula One and many others have had to do at certain places, which is no crowds. Yeah. You know, we've seen a lot of that, and certainly we want everybody there enjoying it, but that even goes as far as impacting the media that is on site. Uh, there were several races uh, during the thick of the pandemic that they were limiting to 20 media personnel on site. Now, if you've ever been to the Circuit of the Americas into the Media and Events Center, it's not uncommon to have approximately 2,000 media members in that building during Formula One. <laughs> So it really would be just a drop in the bucket. And, uh, you know, quite honest, those are the, uh, the media that travel the world, you know, throughout the entire season. And then they are selected and rotated through which ones will get the opportunity to attend different, me different uh, events. And so it's not only impacting the audience, it's impacting your access and ability to uh, see what the media would generate for you. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, Jonathan, what about this story that we put under your name in the show document tonight about, um, about Lewis Hamilton? I thought this was interesting about, you brought it up and I, and yet, as you guys know, I was out last week and didn't really, and I, I, I've watched the F1 race in bits and pieces from last week, but Hamilton not healthy after COVID. He's still complaining about the effects of COVID these many months later. Yeah, when he got off uh, the uh, podium uh, last last weekend in Hungary, obviously it's always a physical and hot race, Hungary. Um, but he was having dizzy spells and felt just out of it. And there was basically a story straight after the Grand Prix saying, is this long-haul COVID effects, i.e. the symptoms or, or, or the, you know, the, 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 the toll it takes uh, on your body? Um, showing up again, um, not that he's re necessarily, you know, re reoccurring COVID, but just the, the, the effects of it, the long haul effects of it. Um, and that was sort of not muted, but it was it was talked about as being a possible reason why he was so physically um, almost you could see it on the podium. He, you know, he was barely lifted in his champagne. Um, and so, you know, uh, I've heard no more about that. Um, and that, that I, having trawled the, the news, I, I haven't seen any more stories on it. So either it's just gone away and he's fine and has been tested, which I'm sure he has, um, or uh, they're keeping it quiet. I don't know. But um, there's no question that Lewis was not in any good shape after that race. And one of the conversations, and I think he mentioned it, was that it could be the effects of COVID. Mm, yeah. I hate to be all COVID all the time in the show. I mean, I just, I wanted to make sure we talked about Austin and and that we're going to be covering it, but Hey, you had another story about Gunther Steiner uh, slamming Mick Schumacher. Well, no, no, no. Well, no, uh, it's Ralph Schumacher, his uncle. Oh, his uncle. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, this is an interesting story. I think it's something that, you know, <laughs> 
Ralph, I mean, Ralph works, it's just like Jack Villeneuve. Jack Villeneuve gets quoted a lot too. And Ralph Schumacher, because they're both pundits now in Formula One, just as Rosberg is. Um, so, yeah. So uh, I think Steiner kind of came to mixed rescue uh, and sort of laid out the law or, or, or disagreed heavily with Mr. Schumacher. Uh, because it would have been all done in German. So it's, it's kind of a German story, uh, but uh, an interesting one, too, because Gunter Steiner, you don't want to you don't want to mess with the with the mighty M- Gunter. <laughs> what were you going to say, Les? Uh, I was just uh, saying that, you know, the pandemic speak is, is really just keeping things practical and informed. Uh, that's, yeah, yeah. Good that's point. all we're trying to do. Yeah. We're not the medical experts. We're not inside the small room deciding on racing and how to be handled. <laughs> but uh, but. No, you're yeah, right. You don't want to go up. You don't want to go up or get in between a couple of Germans or Austrians either. Well, Ralph's beef, uh, so Ralph's beef with his nephew was that it's uh, it's too many crashes. He had a practice crash and had to sit out qualifying. Um, and he said enough is enough. You know, he's uh, he, he's making too many mistakes. And, uh, you know, so. So, of course, Gunter and I agree with Gunter. I mean, Ralph's got no business, uh, you know. Yeah. It's also kind of uh, Captain Obvious, but <laughs> wonder what Uncle Mazespin is saying. <laughs> right. <laughs> Stop it. All right. Hey, on that note, let's take a break. Let's uh, let's get this last break in, and we'll have, we'll got some more IndyCar F1 stories after the break. And listen to Speed City Live in Austin. Back after these messages. USA, catering to the sport bike enthusiast looking for truly unique parts and accessories. Stand out from the crowd. Motivation is the exclusive North American distributor for SC Project MotoGP inspired exhausts and the largest Rizoma retailer in the United States. Get the best parts from around the world at the best prices with fast shipping and a knowledgeable staff ready to help. Shop online 24-7 at MotivationUSA.com. That's MotivationUSA.com. Welcome to Name Your License Plate. I'm Biff Biffington. All right, Mary Lou, for the cash, the drip, and a new car, name your license plate. Easy. My plate is ADD24. ACL, ATM, ABC, ACDC, AAA. I can't remember my plate. You should have gotten a personal Texas plate from MyPlates.com. They're so memorable. And I could have saved 40% with a five-year commitment. Be a winner and order your personalized license plate from MyPlates.com. Talk 1370, the right choice. Hello, I'm Jenny Gow from BBC F1. You are listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Uh, I'm wondering if anybody's listening. If you are, thank you. Because we, we're, we came on in the middle of the IndyCar race, and now they went straight to IMSA, and then we just lost the last of our listeners because <laughs> I said that. Uh, but, let's hey, let's talk about Formula 1 some more. Jonathan, you had another F1 story you want to talk about. Which one's that? Uh, you had just put in the doc about a couple of different, um, uh, well, like uh, Perez. Couple, and, I'll tell you what. Yeah, the one I like, which is close to home, is Perez's father potentially looking at a race in Cancun. How about that? That would be interesting. That's interesting. Um, I, 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 you know, it's it's one of those sort of gossipy stories. I got it off GrandPrix.com, but they're always good for a bit of a, you know, uh, a bit of a gossip story. But Sergio Perez's father, Antonio, uh, was at Hungary. And according to one of the Mexican newspapers, uh, he wasn't there just to watch. And he's looking at potentially putting on a race in the resort of Cancun. Hmm. And of course, that's a big coastal and, you know, um, tourist destination for a lot of Americans. So um, might be more more interesting for Mexico uh, than Mexico City. I think uh, given the success of Mexico City, uh, I think it would be hard, but it could be a good add on. Yeah. Yeah. Get your reservations at Senior Frogs now. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. They told us it could happen in 2024, said John Todd and uh, Stefano Dominicali. So there you go. You know, I got to say, I was, uh, I'm impressed with Dominicali's management style and what he accomplished this year. He was up against the wall with, uh, with making everything that happened happen so far. 
and uh, very much impressed with with it all. That's a good topic, Les. I haven't really thought, you know, it's so early. I hadn't really thought about giving him a report card yet. Um, but I'm not going to argue with that so far. What about you, Jonathan? Yeah, um, I think he was, I said at the time, I think he's the right guy for the job. Um, you know, uh, he's worked with the likes of Ross Braun and many others. Um, he knows Formula One inside and out. Um, he knows the politics inside and out. Um, you know, the, 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 the troublemaker, if you will, has always not or troublemaker, but you know, the, the most powerful team in Formula One is Ferrari, which he ran. So, you know, um, I think, you know, you can't get a stronger leader than that. John Todd, um, obviously was a former leader himself. So you've got John Todd in the FIA, you've got him, uh, you know, I think that these are good, these are good people to run the business and Ross Boron likewise. Yep. And I think you're right. I think we had pretty good expectations coming in. So, yep. Hey, did, uh, did you guys happen to see, you know, the grill, the grid that at F1 puts out on their YouTube channel where they just uh, put the drivers, sit them down and they ask them questions. Have y'all seen that series all year long? They did the finale. Did you see it? I have not seen the most recent, but it's a fun one. It's a fun series. All it is, is YouTube. YouTube? (laughs) Yes. I'll look it up. Yeah, check that out. So what was amazing, they they did, uh, the, the question this week was, name every F1 world champion in history. And they would see how far you could go, right? And they started with everybody. Yuki Tsunoda was out immediately. He got like two. He said Lewis Hamilton, and then after that he was wrong. But they kept going and going, <laughs> and and Sebastian Vettel got a hundred a hundred percent. He got every yep. single uh, from Fangio to Hamilton. Uh, it was really crazy to watch. Nobody was even close. I think Verstappen was second, but he was he. I think his was like into the mid nineties as far as he got. But Vettel got every single one all the way back to nineteen fifty. Yeah, a little-known fact about Vettel is is his love of history uh, and of historical motorsport, both two- and four-wheels. He's got a great interest in motorcycles. He's got a collection of motorcycles and cars. And, um, yeah, he's very much a historian. I That's that right. That's cool. Yeah, hey, uh, a couple things Vettel-wise. Uh, yeah, he's absolutely an, a, a very avid classic motorcycle collector. And uh, in 2019, I spoke to him very briefly, and uh, we're, we hope to get a uh, interview with him strictly talking about his classic motorcycles this year. Right. Oh, that would be, be cool. Great. That would be cool. I love we'll stuff that's slightly, that. um, you know, slightly different like that. Yeah. So, uh, hey, one other thing, uh, Vettel and F1 related, it's going to be the uh, what's slated as the final hearing tomorrow about his disqualification last week. And that is uh, that is the uh, 0.3 of a liter. You know, I, I'd love for that to get turned over uh, from a state of Sebastian getting his points for a win. But to be quite honest, it's clearly clear, pretty clearly stated that there is one liter required at the end of the race uh, for testing purposes, for weight purposes. There's a few things that go in uh, that include that one liter of fuel being left at the end of your race. And so uh, I'm sorry, Seb. I think that's an empty call, but uh, yeah, I have feelings like we're too. not really Seb asking for it. <laughs> well, they, the team say they've got the data that shows that they had, um, you know, the other missing half a liter, because I think it was 0.4 or something of a liter, and it's got to be over a liter. But I mean, it just doesn't ring true to me. I just, you know, the, the FIA wouldn't put a, 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 you know, wouldn't put a penalty on it unless they were sure that, that, it, that it was true. I don't know. You know, if we pull in some of the old historic NASCAR rules where they said your gas tank can only be 10 gallons. And then we had the one team that put in like, you know, instead of the standard three eighths inch fuel line, they put in like one inch fuel line all the way around so that it increased the capacity. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't think that's going to fly in F1. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's very hard to get something by the FIA on in this day and age. Yeah. Hey guys, I was just watching our Twitter <laughs> notifications and remember when I mentioned Paul Bryan a while ago, something about a glass half full, he replied and he shows himself drinking of an empty martini glass. <laughs> so, uh, sorry. Throw uh, them up, Paul. Thanks. Uh, thanks, thanks everybody for interacting with us on social media. That's really good. Um, hey, Les, we, 
I'm sorry, it's my fault. I've been totally ADHD with uh, the with IndyCar race on, but uh, we got to talk about the MotoGP race today. There was a crazy fire there today, wasn't it? Oh, crazy, crazy fire. Uh, this was a really big one. Pedrosa went down, and then uh, Savadori hit his bike early in the race. Both fuel tanks, yeah, both full fuel tanks. It was explosive. And I mean, fuel across the track on fire and everything. And, you know, it it made my heart jump. And I immediately thought of Roman Grosjean. It was weird how that oh. that's still so strong. And you see that it took him quite a while to get all that fuel put out. And it damaged the, the uh, track surface a little bit, but they got it. But today, historic day, not only are we uh, saying farewell to, to our doctor, We've got a win, first time win for Jorge Martin. That's right. Yeah. Jorge Martin, cool. we've been following since about 2016 in Red Bull Rookies. He did really well. We met him here in Austin at Circuit of the Americas. Turned out with a fantastic podium with Martin, uh, John Mir, and Fabio Cuadrado all on podium. <laughs> Do all those names sound new? To some of you, probably so. Some new pronunciations of them, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> There's only. Yeah. I was keeping quiet. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist it. Fabio <laughs> Cuatro. So they're all 22 and 23 years old. This yeah, is the new no, generation. That's cool. That's a new era. Yeah, you're right. You're, you're right, Les. That's very good. That's a very new good era point. for the, the future. Hey, and one other notable thing that happened. So, you know, over the past couple of years, there's been this ride height feature that Ducati implemented and it's all legal and everything, but it creates basically a squat on the back end when they go to accelerate hard. Well, Suzuki finally got theirs sorted out. They were like lagging behind. Somebody said like, like if you're still using a blueberry, a blackberry phone, <laughs> this is Suzuki finally upgraded and they've implemented theirs and they credit that to their improvement in pace today. But, uh, yeah, it's something else. So the uh, the standings right now, you got Fabio Cuadrado on his Yamaha in first, Johan Zarco on Ducati in second, uh, Jean Mir, Suzuki third, looking really good with that extra, the uh, new addition. Uh, Francesco Bagnaia in fourth on a Ducati and Jack Miller in fifth on the Ducati for the standings this year. It's really looking good. I've got one test. I'm going to have to ask the good doctor and see if Jack Miller's helped him out with that Texan language barrier that he was facing. I had him <laughs> say howdy, y'all, with his black Stetson on last time. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we're, we are about out of time. I'm loving this little break between Formula One because we get to have fun on Sunday nights here. And uh, we thanks everybody for tuning in. And, of course, next Sunday night, we will be back at our normal time here, 7 p.m. Central Time. And, of course, watch our social media during the week. And we put all these shows up on YouTube, Facebook. They stay on Twitter. And all our podcasts go out there on Spotify, etc. And we'll talk to you next Sunday night. Ciao, y'all. Ciao, y'all. is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.